what up what up what up film fans this is beer bourbon and a movie i'm tawana and i'm vaughn and we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film the taste of a good beverage and everything in between we're glad you're back people so grab a seat film fans beer drinkers and bourbon lovers alike this is episode 83 83 oh my god wow This episode, we'll be reviewing The Blackening. Insidious, The Red Door. Five, four, three, two, one. And Mission Impossible, whatever the number is. <laughs> it's Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part Dead Reckoning. 1. Thank you. <laughs> So many damn Mission Impossibles, I can't keep up. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, Tawana, welcome back. Yes, yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're still in the midst of summer fun. <laughs> Glad you're here with us, film fans. Uh, you know, what are we drinking today, Tawana? Since we're all celebrating summer right now, right? So everything is so summery, and this is this is a bit of a summer episode. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster season. Blockbuster season. Ah, mixed reviews for me, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, I'd like to get something a little more summery. Mm-hmm. Um, Alamops is great, and it's great, but I have to diversify a little bit. Thank you very much. Get get around a little bit. It's it's you know it's good. They have good varieties, but can be can be my one stop. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, <clears throat> walking around town, found another brewing company that I really wanted to dig into a bit. Okay, and it's called Threes Brewing. Yeah. Uh, if you're here in the New York City area, and by New York City I mean five boroughs, and then I'll throw in Long Island because they've got a location there too. They've got a location, so you know why not? Yep. So, um, Three's Brewing. Uh, so like I said, if you're in the New York area, they're located in Monahan Station, which is across oh, from Penn. Oh, at Penn Station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and which then is on they, 34th Street in Manhattan, you guys. Right. And then they have a bunch of locations in Brooklyn. So there's Guanas Greenpoint, the Governor's Island in Manhattan. Oh, nice. And uh, they have one in Huntington for those of you who don't want to adventure outside of <laughs> the island. Get a grip. Okay. I'm sorry. No offense, but get a grip. You got to move. Um, <clears throat> you just got to take the train. It's it's a fee. That's it. Uh, <laughs> okay. But it's so much fun. So come out. Enjoy. So anyway, so I wanted to do something summary, you know, something fun. So I went in there, and they have a beautiful display at the one in one hand station. Oh, really? It's sort of set up like a record store, almost in a sense. It's the best I could, I can describe it. Mm-hmm. Like the old school ways where records were were um, on the wall, put on the wall, and they had like the little shelving, mm-hmm. and then there was that little old school black push pin like lettering. Yeah, yeah. So they have that going on. Okay. And all their bottles are situated up on these shelves, these little like stands mm-hmm. with that beside it describing what it is. <clears throat> cool. So they're very cool to look at in that way cuz the light's shining on them. And it, you know, it just seems really fun and inviting in that way. A bit trendy. It's cool. Anyway, um so I found one that looked really bright and and orangey. And it happened to be a beer called Thought Experiment. Experiment. Peach. Okay. It's a Saison. But um, it's a Saison ale brewed with second-use peaches. Mm. Um, I assume second-use would be that they have used it for a variety of things, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, their category for it is mixed culture. And the tasting notes here are peach essence, honey, spritzy, extra dry um which is an element so you know they 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 have a bit of a delicate peach and their description for it is our thought experiment series focuses on aging and an ordinary table beer saison base on a second use whole fruit previously living in another beer so they've reused it oh cool and for this run um, they used peaches from Tiago Orchards, which originally lived with their rare barrel co- uh, collaboration, um, Source of Truth. 
And so, as usual, the second use fruit will be more uh, delicately fruity, spritzy, and champagne-like. It's definitely champagne-like yeah, than its sure. predecessor beer. So that's what they mean by second use. Um, and so their idea is that <clears throat> the third, the thought experiment series would intentionally blur the lines between saison and fruit beer. Okay. So it makes so much sense why it tastes this way. Uh, it's their attempt at making fruit beers that are everyday, that are for everyday drinkers. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. You need some of my bourbon and lemon over here? No, we're good. Uh, <laughs> easy drinking, but I get this this new experiment they have. It's more like, um, it's more sour than anything else. So th- uh, their attempt of making like, a uh, a different uh between uh, a saison and a fruit beer, to me it comes out more like a sour. <clears throat> I'm not sure if that's intentional, but it has a bit of mouthfeel than a sour. I actually hate sours almost as much as I hate IPAs, because to me sour beers are not fun to drink. But I guess if you like that sort of acidic, um, that acidic level. Mm-hmm. of uh drinkability and i guess that's why they also you know they have the extra dry spritzy um and its drinkability has two plus signs i guess this is how they rate their beer okay um when i did my research i mean that's all i can see right now but from what i'm understanding about it is you know like they said it's a bit of an experiment but anyway easy drinking but has a little bit of a sour mm-hmm. uh sour sense to it um good good mouth fill and i see why the guy at the store said that we could drink that whole bottle and it'd be fine definitely champagne feel really fizzy and i'm sure that's from the spritzy um has a really great uh has a really great uh effervescence i guess is the word mm-hmm. it um in my research a lot of people said it was more of a smoked beer I am not all that familiar with smoked beers. And I'm assuming that comes from uh, the levels of sour. So it gives it that sort of light tartness, mm. which I consider a sour. But it just goes down a lot easier. Because okay. I think sours are hard to drink. Like, it's just so acidic in its, in its, in its flavor. But I think, you know, <clears throat> for something so summery and chill that you can just sit on a porch or outside of, at like a picnic table mm-hmm. and um, in a beer garden or, you know, in a park with your friends, you know, it's shaped like a, like a wine bottle right. with a pop top. Yeah. And uh, you can just pour it in. It's definitely picnic. It says outdoors. It, it says outdoors. It totally says summer. For it sure. totally says outdoors. Um, don't let me sway you. If this is more your speed, maybe you love a sour. Maybe you love an IPA. Not my taste. But this is not bad. Um, And I'm glad I, you know, stepped outside the comfort zone of other spaces and checked this one out. I'd go back and see what else they have. They have a vast, a vast selection um, there at their shop. I'm I'm actually really curious about their cream ales, which is is another thing I was really sort of excited about. So maybe I'll get that next time. Well, it's worth a try to always try something different. It's always worth a try in their local. So, you know, here's the local beer. Enjoy and drink, you know. (laughs) Always love the harvesting of of all the the natural elements of beer making. Hey, why not? You know, everybody's got to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm I'm following your your lead with the theme of uh, summertime cocktails and, and, and drinking. And, you know, a lot of people are so afraid of, you know, drinking um, bourbons and, and dark liquors, you know, during the summertime, especially because they don't really understand that you can make anything into a nice summery cocktail. It doesn't have to be a vodka, a gin or a rum. You could do some things with bourbon. And uh, so what I decided to do, I was inspired because Tawan and I went to a uh, bourbon barbecue and beer festival um, this past weekend. And um, I was inspired by a drink that Maker's Mark made for us, and it's called a Gold Rush. And in this drink, it's literally, I got to pull it up for everybody. It's literally 
three ingredients, honey syrup, lemon, and Maker's Mark for them. So what I decided to do was switch out the Maker's Mark and I wanted to try a different bourbon. And so what I chose this time for this episode is Bird Dog Bourbon from Kentucky. And, um, you know, it's it's light on the proofage. You know, I like a good 100 proof. But this one is 103 proof. So it's only 42% alcohol by volume, which is fine if you don't really want to get trashed. So it, it's, it's great for summertime. And that's why I said well, keep, it, keep it a little light and bright for summer but this this drink is you know it, it's a blend of sweet and sour which i kind of like because it's not too sour but it's not too sweet that's kind of how this i feel about this too mm-hmm. you it's know got that tart sourness it, it gives a nice little balance for this and it, it, it's, it's a compliment to tawana's drink mm-hmm. which is a little more sour than i like but you know yeah it's a little more sour it is what it is in the color they really look very similar <laughs> yeah they're so, definitely in the family so funny You'll to look see. at because if you look at my glass and her, and her glass, yeah. it's it's, it's like we're drinking the same thing. Yeah, they're like cousins. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> they're, but, um, they're like first cousins. You know, and like I said, if you want something, if you want to try something different, you can make punches with bourbon. You can make other lighter cocktails with bourbon oh, if yeah. you want to have them during the summertime. It doesn't always have to be a Manhattan or an old oh. fashioned or a whiskey sour per se, but you can, you can try some different things. So, you know, experiment a little bit and uh, just kind of, dig outside of your comfort zone with bourbon mm-hmm. and uh, just see what you can do. And uh, like I said, this is a nice cocktail. I'm on cocktail number three. So I'm really enjoying ah! it. Yeah, you enjoy it yourself. Yeah, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. We're so gonna, uh, We're going to have to do some more mixes. We found a good fun bullet mm-hmm. mixer. Oh, yeah. Maybe you'll do rot the, yeah. the Manhattan and I'll do the old fashioned. Yeah, and then, you and know. I'll, I'll jump out of my beer comfort exactly, zone for a second. Exactly, because, you know, she really likes that bottled um, bullet. I do. It's so tasty. It is, and I and I actually like the, the Manhattan it, version. The, the which packaging is, is great too. You can just packaging is fantastic. Throw it in your pocket. Throw it mm-hmm. in your bag, and like that's also very picnicky. So mm-hmm. we'll do that. So if you're thinking Maybe about some little one. summertime things, you know, put together some cocktails. Grab your bottle of something special. Have your it doesn't have to be right. It doesn't have to be your typical cans of beer. Get some. Get some. Get some sandwiches. Right. The make local it, spot. Make it fun. Deli, little blanket, <laughs> little throw a little fruit Tawana in there. Tawana got a whole vibe going. Listen, date me, bitch, because I will. Tawana I'll got a vibe. I'll enlighten you. I'm with you on that. We vibe up. <laughs> we giving you Love Jones part two. All right, man, Love Jones. Okay. I'm with it. So <laughs> without without all the back and forth. Though. Yes, yes. So uh, with that said, you know, said. try some summer fun and some summer cocktails and you know beer, bourbon, and a movie. So you know, yes. Make all those things happen. So let's that jump a little bit into industry news, Tawana. Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So interesting news. So um, everyone knows this. No one is surprised. Because we are suffering. And we all sad. We are all Saturn and mm-hmm. we are all in support. The writers. And the actors. And the actors are on strike. What does that mean? That means for the foreseeable future, while the writers and the actors strive for um their rights and their their union we will have to just sit with what what's here mm-hmm. um yep. and there's so much content you yeah. know all those shows that you were like oh i've always been meaning to watch that oh i've always been meaning to see this now's your chance because they are probably going to be on strike for quite some time i'd say january yeah. If any, if this is any in consideration to the last time that the writers were on strike, which is how we got reality TV really in such full force. Um, yeah. It's going to definitely be a while. It's going to be a while. I, I'm really trying to say, you know, before Christmas hits. I hope end, so too. It's going to be For rough. their sake, because I mean, they're not getting paid and neither is anyone else, to be honest. Yeah, there's so many businesses surrounding so many. Hollywood and the, the writers yeah. and the actors and Hollywood shutting down. Just think of all your set design folks and your costume people and your makeup people. And, and your, your gaffers hair. and all, all your electric people. people, all your camera people. I mean, the DGA got their stuff together, but listen, the the... Like he said, the makeup, the hair, mm-hmm. the craft people, the people who do food for the place, the surrounding businesses who rent equipment yep. for all these different productions, so all the all the the uh, the car services and the the security and 
catering. C- that's what I said, craft services. Oh so my God, catering, they're probably, I mean, the only good thing about that for them is maybe they're able to pivot a little to cater something else. Maybe they're catering events. But like, if it has to do with Hollywood, it's a wrap for now. So um, we salute you, SAG, and we salute you. The Writers Guild. Writers sure. Guild. Um, I hope you get what you're asking for because you're not asking for much more than survival. And everybody needs to get paid for their job. Everyone needs to get paid for their job. And for those who are saying, fuck these millionaires, there Everybody's is a very small percentage of actors that are millionaires. We're talking maybe 10% at most. Right. Are the rich ones like the Tom Cruises and the Will Smiths mm-hmm. of the world. But um there's a lot of small guys yep. who have double two and three jobs. Most Be- people are making middle class wages That's and, middle class and wages. the writers are getting paid even less. I and, was yeah. watching an interview this morning and a writer was she literally just does part-time jobs mm-hmm. because in between her writing gigs, she's like a dog walker. She babysits yeah, for people. For sure. She's a she's a waitress in a in a in a in a restaurant. She just does whatever you can do right. in between jobs to make money. Hence two and, and three she jobs. Literally, because of the strike, she had to apply for food stamps. And um wow. you know, and it's just like this is the kind of life. And most people, what people don't realize is in between in between mm-hmm. gigs and films. You're unemployed. Yeah. And so you totally you, unemployed. You need health care and all these kind of other benefits that everybody else lives with on a daily basis. Yeah. They need it too. So just remember that as you're watching these films and watching television shows that all this work had to get done Absolutely. by professionals and, and everybody deserves to get paid. So, you know, like I, I said, we wish them well and Absolutely. you know, we hope that the strike ends quickly for and them. And I feel your struggle because when I was a full force cinematographer. I kept my nine to five because without it, I'd have no insurance and I would probably not eat and pay my bills in the timely fashion I needed to. So I salute you guys. Yeah, for sure. You're out there on strike. Keep going. If we see you on the street, we'll, we'll, we'll give a wave and a holla. Yes. And a support. Yeah. And uh, we wish you so much luck. Yeah, for sure. Because you're fighting the Titans. Hopefully you get what you need. And hopefully you win. (laughs) For sure. Because you are David. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I'm hoping you you fuck them up. Oh, yeah, for sure. And we need you back. And we need you back because I really need my shows back. We need, selfishly, we want our entertainment and you provide the best. Because you know what? It's a it's a great distraction from It's a great distraction from the racist world we live in. Yeah, that (laughs) And the horrible war-torn, uh, what is it? A uh, uh, climate changing environment that mm-hmm. we're in. So, yeah, man. We need you. So we just, need you just back. So we care. So just we care and and good luck out there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So Tawana, which movie you want to jump into first? I'm gonna let you choose. Pick one. The Blackening. Ah, let's pick the Blackening. This little reunion about to crack. We got the whole crew back. Really, bitch. A cabin in the woods. Now let's get it all in perspective for all y'all enjoyment. The Blackening, directed by Tim Story, starring. Oh my God, so many actors. Let me just scroll down and make sure I can get them all. Grace Byers, Jermaine Fowler, uh, Melvin Gregg, uh, X Mayo, uh, Dwayne Perkins, Annette Robinson, Jay Farrow. Uh, Sonequa Walls and Yvonne Orji. There are more, but those were the top hitters of the film. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, synopsis of this beautiful, funny little job here was seven black friends go away for the weekend and end up trapped in a cabin with a killer who has a vendetta. Will their street smarts and knowledge of horror movies help them stay stay alive? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, but it's that. a fun ride doing it. Oh, yeah. It was. Yes. Yes. All right. Should I start? You start. You start, Twana. Um, Beautiful ladies first. The tag. Oh, thank you. Oh, a good compliment. Uh, <laughs> so the tagline is, we can't all die first. Yeah. That yeah. sounds about right. That's true. When you got so, all the black people in one room. All the black people in one room. No white people. Um, Barely. <laughs> the funny thing about this film is we're still playing on the stereotype. Um, but the truism mm-hmm. that black people die in films first and right. we aren't well represented. And I think Get Out 
started a trend. Right. Um, he truly, uh, he truly knew how to go at it. Uh, oh God, drawing a blank. What's his name? Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Yes, Jordan Peele. He, uh, he truly started a revolution in this. And we're not talking scary movie, folks. Yeah, it's not. You that. know the scary, the scary movie days. Where they and were I was afraid to, that it was going to be that. Right. They were trying to spin off a scream and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. No, it's not that. This is very much a horror movie. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of a spin. You know how you saw Get Out? Let's give let's keep using that example. Get Out had its scary parts and its very tense scenes, but there was a comic relief constantly with his best friend. Right. Um, and little taglines, little statements, and we would cheer. This whole film is that comic relief. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of tense. But it felt more comedy. There was a lot of laughter. There was a lot of fun. There was a lot of inside jokes. But at the same time, it was delivered in a sense that people outside of the diaspora could mm-hmm. understand. And I think they used the comedy as a tool. As a tool to, to, to really explore it. Explore and, it. And be able to talk about yes, it. Yes, the open discussion. Because the characters were able to talk about what it is to be in that in that moment because they were they were basically playing a game yeah so it, it's it called it, the black that really talked about you know what it is to be the black character in the movie right so you know and and for so long we've as as consumers of this content of movies as black people i'm a huge you know fan. the minute the minute you see the black character you're like oh well they're not gonna last too long <laughs> how long do you say what 10 minutes five minutes three right, minutes right you know, what is it going to be? Because you know it's coming, you know, but you just don't know. Like how many, how many black women have been the final girl in a, in a, in a horror movie? Yeah. So if you really think about it that way, and if you guys don't understand what final girl is, they're, they're it's final the, girls it's the in last horror person movies. in a horror movie. It's the last person in a horror movie. And it's usually a woman. And, yes. and that's why they always talk about the final girl. Mm-hmm. And forever and ever, it's been Jamie Lee Curtis. So thank you for that, Jamie Lee. Well, she's been the, yeah, she's been the best she, one. She's I the think. ultimate final girl. The ultimate final girl in so many films. Right. And so when you think about that, and you, and you know the black guy's going to die, that, that, that goes without saying. He, right. he has to. And then when you think about, you know, it, it always goes back for me, I, I think about Night of the Living Dead and how we had, the final person was actually a man. It was actually a black man. And it, it lasted for a hot second. And it was so sad to me because it literally yeah. broke my heart. And But that was yeah. that was George also, Rame- also, Romero's take well, on civil rights movement. George has always been ahead of his time. Right. He then, was, he, it was really an indictment yeah. of the civil rights movement yeah. and, and, and talking about how blacks have been treated yeah. in this country. Because Dawn of the Dead is ahead of its time, too. Um, when it talks about consumerism and mm-hmm. it takes place in a mall, right, and and that's what he was going for in showing yeah. the struggle of of blacks in America and and how the zombies really represented the black people right. and how they were persecuted by the cops, and so it 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 so many things come up, and I I just think that this movie really nailed it on on dealing with all of that and dealing with the inner intersectionality of blackness because not all of us are the same we all have different interests we all have different likes we come from different backgrounds and different perspectives and different perspectives completely and that was the beauty of this movie and this is what you know made me enjoy it more was that we got to see that because not every black person was the same you know they all were college friends and and they all came together from different perspectives of you know being here in america and um it was it was cool to see that, and they handled it really, really, really well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just wanted to make mention of notes. Mm-hmm. The um, the writers mm-hmm. uh, are Tracy Oliver, which we all know, and if you don't know her, you've seen her films: uh, Girl Strip, First yes. Wise Club, yep, and the newest one is Harlem, which is a series on. Um, oh, that we're watching on. Um... Uh, is it Prime? That's Prime. I feel like it's Prime, yeah. Yeah, That's it's Prime. Prime. It's Prime Video. And her co-writer is uh Dwayne Perkins, co-writer, co-creator cuz they did the story and they did the screenplays. Mm-hmm. Um Dwayne Perkins who plays Dwayne yes. in the film The in Gay the Guy. Film. Yeah. So, speaking of intersectionality, like, you know, they they talk about um so they have like they have and I hate to say it like this, but this is kind of the best way to like to note it they have a gay character 
they have several black women. Right. Um, an African man. They have an African man. They have a black guy. Another black guy mm-hmm. besides Dwayne. Um, no, they have three. Three black guys yep. besides Dwayne. One black guy is very nerdy. Um, Dwayne's gay. And one's athletic. Um, one the African is athletic. Mm-hmm. Um they give you all the tropes. They give you all the tropes. And then you have the black guy who used to be sort of thuggish and into trouble a lot, but who has now changed his ways and has right. a different sort of life. His name is King. And married to a white woman. And he's married to a white woman. Um, you know, Namdi is the athlete played by uh Sinquay the Walls. We even have uh Yvonne Orgy, right? Orgy. Yeah. Yes. Um Who's also African. From Insecure Fame. <laughs> From Insecure Fame. Love, love, um, love her. And Jay Farrow, king of the impersonators. Oh, <laughs> I think definitely. if you ask me, um, who 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 set up this whole event to uh, to invite their and friends to the And if you don't know woods. him, he was in Coming to America, the, the latest version of it. Yeah. He was the son, Eddie Murphy's son, in Coming to America. That's where he was. Was he? His biggest last film was Coming to America. Was it? And uh, yeah, he was the son. And um, he wasn't the 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 long lost son. Yes, he was the long lost son. No, that guy was really small. That was him. That was actually him. He was the guy who was playing the trick on everybody. It's 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 him. And because yeah. um, I was just watched it again recently, but um, you know it's it's interesting about that because I love the the dynamic of all of the different types of us, you know, in one room, in in just the fact that and you know. And then you had uh, the biracial character. The biracial character you know, played by Grace Byers. Yeah, and she's she's really funny in this. And she's I, very I like, funny. I like to see her playing funny because, and you know, she's also from um, Empire. Empire and Harlem, mm-hmm. the show. And uh, she's really talented and I'm, I was glad to see her yeah. doing this turn in the film. And it's, it's just one of those things of, and it just shows you when we always say, because we always have to tell people we are not a monolith. Yeah, we're not a monolith. We have different views and opinions on everything. It it was really interesting to see that, and I, and I'm glad that we did. Um, and I'm I'm sure you're going to be seeing this streaming. If you can't see it anymore in your areas, it's one of those things you it'll definitely be it'll streaming. definitely be streaming. Because one thing we noticed that's that's occurring is unless you and this is this is really sort of an experiment right now. Unless you are Mission Impossible, because we're, we're going to take a look and keep watching right. how long Mission Impossible actually stays in the movies. Because most films seem to have a two to three week Literally shelf life. Literally two weeks. You get a one week shelf life in Adobe Cinema or an IMAX. Then they downgrade you to the next like yep. AMC has, let's say AMC. AMC has like a laser yep. presentation now. So you get downgraded to that. Though it's a still good quality, mm-hmm. but it's not like Prime. They also have Prime. Yeah. So it's not those things. And then next thing you know, gone. I swear to God, movies don't last longer than a month, if a month. If a month. And I, it's I'm thinking, shocking to me because I was like, there's something, and you just mentioned the hierarchy. Right. Because I never thought about the hierarchy It's the, of the hierarchy film. of the film. And if you're not a big, big film, like say, yeah. for example, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible. you're not even going to get to IMAX. You're just going to be at Dolby because, and work down. Right. You're going to be at Dolby and work down. Because also, if you think about it, you want something huge in IMAX. You want right. a vast scale, something, yeah. maybe even 70 millimeter cut, mm-hmm. which is the size of the negative for those who don't know and so you're gonna get something vast and, and epic yeah on those something you can see big star wars jurassic park these type of big big films right um napoleon which is coming out oh and oppenheimer i was oppenheimer watching was also, a, uh, but interview. oppenheimer was filmed, filmed on 70 millimeters yeah so it's gonna so be huge it's, anyway it's of course destined for that but then these films like you were saying go to Dolby mm-hmm. or Prime, which is AMC. I'm not what really sure what Regal has and other um, other films. So in different states, if you're listening to this outside of the U.S., different states have different um, um, uh, film, a uh, movie retails. Right, right, right. So, you know, Florida has something else. Some Everybody people have Sinopolis. Some people have yeah. Regal. Some people we, have like we AMC. used to have Sinopolis, Regal, AMC. I think Sinopolis might be done in New yeah. York City. But anyway, oh no, 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 no. So what we're saying is, for instance, Insidious, which we also saw, was on its last leg, but it came out on the seventh. Right. So go figure. How come we could barely we could find it, but the like the show times were not quick. 
So yeah. and they go so fast. They go so fast. So I guess they're really pushing the streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is what the actors are complaining which about. Which is what the actors are complaining about. They're not getting any money from that, or nor are they protected by AI. But um, yeah, very odd. I, I say we'll keep an eye out because I think Mission Impossible is going to be in the movies for like a solid month. Yeah, because even Creed, Creed three was in IMAX, huge, big. Yep, felt like three weeks. Yep. In and Done. out, in and out, and it was a big movie. And even, even what's the other Tom Cruise film? Um, the one, the old one, the re, the oh, um, no, that was out for a long time. But it was Maverick. It was just, it was just a month or two. No, yeah, a month or two. Two that was, was a it. big deal. That was it. That but was two was a big deal. Yeah. Like it kept going long after. Like it stayed into the to the award season. Yeah, so and, it was like so now it was really big. And so in the summer movies that are really going to hit hard this year, you're going to have Oppenheimer, which is next. Uh, Barbie, which is next. That's, yeah. They're all going to be big. big Barbie's movies. not going to last, though. I guarantee you Barbie's going to get two, three weeks tops. Yeah, and it's it's gonna not be in streaming. an IMAX. No, it's, it's not going to. It's going to be at a sort of like I said, AMC's levels are like prime Dolby. So it's going to be Dolby prime and regular laser screening. And then. Get one. I don't think Barbie's gonna make the money that the Mission Impossible would make. No, but the make. difference is the difference with Barbie is they're doing all of this cross marketing. So all these other brands are attaching themselves right to Barbie. That means and, nothing and for keeping it in the theaters. But what it, what's gonna happen is you're gonna see you're gonna see everything related to the movie. Like they have a huge social campaign, the, and then they have all Times these Square is brands that have tied into Barbie. Yeah, of course, and so. You know, like the progressive commercial is literally right. tied Bar- into Barbie. That's what Barbie is, don't you think? It, Barbie is synonymous of uh, everything. Oh, absolutely. So, so because it's such a it's such an iconic brand, yeah. you're gonna see everything around Barbie around around the movie. Yeah. So it, but let me just tell you, just like Tawana said, it's only gonna be in the theater, in the theater for just a couple of weeks and then it's yeah. gonna be gone. And then we'll yeah. be off to the next thing. But just so you know, be prepared for that. And it was funny how we, when we were watching Insidious, we saw all these trailers for films that are coming out in October yeah. and end of the year films. Definitely. So it's like, well, what? So how are you going to sustain the summer? But we're going to see what happens. So, so like I said, check these movies out now. And if you really want to see, like I said, black the blackening is definitely going to be streaming. And um, sure. check it out. It's, it's worth a conversation because I think, you know, it's it's... Anytime you're dealing with culture, you know, you learn something about yourself. You learn something about your friends. And I think about my friends when I was watching the movie and how, you know, we're kind of like that, you know, those group of friends you have from college and you've met and you're coming from different backgrounds and different experiences. It's like, oh, Absolutely. you remind me of such and such. Oh, and you remind me of da da da. You know, there are, there are all those types of people there are in the film. all those types of people. And you'll, and you'll see that. And um, so I think that it's, it's worth a conversation is worth a look. Yeah. Wherever you can find it now, check it out for sure. Well, it's it's available for rent yeah. right now on all the network. I mean, all the streaming apparatuses. Mm-hmm. Um, not 100% when, sure, when this is going to happen. It'll probably happen in a couple months or so. But it's going to be available for streaming on Stars. So what happens also is that these companies... So HBO had a thing with Warner Brothers and... Netflix has a thing with Sony and uh, not really sure about Hulu, but stars seems to have a, uh, I'm not sure who made, I'm not sure who made that, the, the blackening, but what happens is they all have these relationships mm-hmm. with these, with these film companies. And what right. happens is they'll get a year's worth of their movies. And so in the next few, like I'm waiting for the people's exorcist to be on Netflix, oh, which the is Pope's coming. Exorcist. The Pope's mm-hmm. exorcist. So to be on Netflix. So, you know, it'll be here about August when it was out like earlier in the year. Just like Chevalier went straight to Hulu. It went straight to Hulu. Yeah. So uh, Chevalier might be A24. So it's like mm-hmm. maybe they have this year long contract with A24. So you wait a few months. It immediately ends up on streaming for whatever for free, basically, right. because you're already paying a membership. Fee. Right. And like Dungeons and Dragons but, went to straight to Paramount Plus. Went to Paramount Plus. So, so Paramount Plus has there. a deal too. So just, I would say, do some research. If you can't find it in the theaters, it's coming and you can definitely see it. Yep, just hold tight. Um, and please watch The Blackening, especially if you're black. Because, our, and I say this, or woman, because it's important to support black and woman-based films. These films are crafted by women and crafted by blacks 
And I think it's all too important to keep these streaming numbers up yeah. and to view it so you have a participation in what gets made and what, right. gets, what gets seen. So that more stuff can be... Produced. So that we can get more blackenings or whatever else yeah, for sure. genre piece you and think is missing. even if you're somebody's password, just watch it. Yeah, I don't care about that. I don't make money. Just watch it. Next up. Insidious, the red door. Insidious. Are you ready? We're ready to forget the further once and for all. My brain just been foggy past few years. All I ever wanted was to be a good dad. Dalton. If you're a horror fan like I am, oh my God, Vaughn I'm, is. I love Insidious. Um, I'm a little more insane than Vaughn in terms of yeah, horror. But, um, you know, I was rocking it with my Rocket video card back in the blockbuster days and like checking out every obscure horror I could find. But uh, with that being said, if you are a fan, I mean, 10 years ago or so, this movie was out. I feel like um, a little less. So like maybe, no, I'm right. 10 years ago. It was 10. It was about 10 years ago. And this movie came out and I remember seeing it with the next, sorry. Um, in this theater that's now closed. I saw it at 40, 14th street regal theater. Such a great movie theater in New York city. Gone now. Um, but if you like the franchise, like we like the franchise, this is a great way to close it out. Starring and directed by Patrick Wilson. And written by Leigh Winnell, who also created this. And if you know anything about Leigh, he's a part of the Conjuring uh, series and and on and on. That's why I always get them crossed up because I'm like, am I watching the Conjuring? Am I watching? No, it's the same people. But it's the same people. Um, And that's what it is. Because Leigh, rah-rah to you, Leigh, is a big writer. (laughs) I'm sure he's he's out online picketing. Big, big writer, big, big creator, and has to do with Insidious and a lot of the Conjuring series. And there's not just one in the Conjuring. There's so many various options in the Conjuring. And so um, I forget this filmmaker's name. He's a part. It's an Asian man. He's a part of like the hauntings of Mm -hmm. the Conjuring with the houses. And Lei does a lot of the like none. Right. And um. Annabelle and stuff. Annabelle, right. So, and then there, I'm sure there is a bunch in between. There's so many stories from that series. So anyway, um, so it's a lot of crossover because, you know, Patrick Wilson is in the Conjuring series as well. Um, also with actresses, Ty Simpkins, Rose Byrne. Um, I believe that's how you say her name, mm-hmm. Rose Byrne. It is. Uh, Rose Byrne. Um, they also brought back from 10 years ago, the children yes. that were in the film. I so was very impressed with Ty that. Ty Simpkins, who plays Dalton, and the other brother, and Andrew Astor, who plays Foster. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about that little girl, and they really show her briefly. But, um, yeah, so if you're a fan of it, you know, they're back, and it, mm-hmm. it, it's fun. And I liked how they used the footage from the other films. From the original In that, to, for flashback and for such. Flashbacks. It was really cool how they did it. Because, you know, honestly, if you don't, if you don't, if you haven't seen the originals, you don't really have to. They give you a nice little filler. I'm trying to find the actress who also is a, oh, Lynn Shay. Yeah. Lin Shay makes you a know, little appearance. I, I like Lin Shay. Yeah, I love that's, Lin Shay. That's the that's roommate. No, Lin Shay is is the old uh, oh the old lady mm-hmm. the old lady that's yes. um she's yes. like a, a a teacher supporter yeah. mentor yeah a spiritualist spiritual advisor uh huh and you know Barbara Hershey was there even though she wasn't Barbara there. Hershey is there so, so her her spirit was there with her us spirit was there yes and quite and and quite honestly her image. So, was everywhere. Was everywhere. So basically, <laughs> the film starts off where the Lamberts, which is Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne's family, must go deeper into the further than ever before to put the demons to rest once and for all. And as we said before, so many series. So we are, we're really hoping it is the once and for all. It felt like it, but um, good film. Tons of scares. If you like a good jump scare, you're in for a surprise. Uh, quite a number of them. 
uh, in true insidious uh, for James Wan. Sorry, that yes. was the other the other filmmaker's name. James Wan for sure. Yes, he's 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 always working in conjunction with Lei Wenell to to do these various series. Um, and they're amazing at them because they scare the shit out of us constantly. If you ever had to take an MRI before, think you'll be doing them open from now on. <laughs> Once you see this film. Um, really fun. Love how they flash back. Love how they use the old imagery, the old uh, horror archetypes, the old villains. Um, love that they, they've... They've aged, but everybody's back in a sense where it's like the final chapter is here and we must all join in. Um, really interesting. Love love the, the the jumps into the further. And uh, had a little, we have a little bit of comedy, a little light lift, you know, a little break into it to give you, give you a little break. Because it certainly is, you know, I'm not going to lie. There was a couple eye, eye closes, a couple eye holds <laughs> over, my, over my glasses to make sure. I was like, oh God, what's coming? And I was kind of surprised from that. Right? When Tawana saw it together. And she, she's really not the one who normally does that. That's yeah. usually my motive. Yeah. But she was, yeah, was covering her face and doing all that out. stuff. I ain't, I and ain't I was, I'm not a scared I was to just, say I was a I, punk. I'm the shake my glass person because <laughs> I was constantly shaking my glass. Yeah. You were shaking your glass. And it was kind of like, you know, hands over the mouth, gaspy. Like we were ready. They really. Out of all these films, if you want to jump, this was the one. Yeah, this was definitely um, the one. So if you're a horror fan, you really love it. Go and see you this. know what was interesting about it, too? You you got, and this is the thing that, because one of my colleagues saw it, and he he didn't really like it. And he was just like, oh, I don't know. It was just kind of slow. I thought it was boring. I was like, slow. What, what was going on in the movie? He's like, oh, yeah, there were a lot of jumps and scary. I said, but that was the point of the movie. But he's not, he's not. Is he not a horror fan? He's not really a horror fan. And and also he he's not a fan of the series. He obviously. doesn't like horror. Oh, and, then what's but the point? his girlfriend is a horror fan. Oh, and I so see. she wanted God, to go. Gotcha, gotcha. So that's why he saw it. And uh, of yeah. course he saw Mission Impossible and he wanted to see it again. I so, do too, actually. But so I but anyway, reason. I digress. So <laughs> the point is, what I liked about this movie was it went beyond the typical story of a horror film. It dealt with the family. Mm-hmm. In the dynamic of the father and the son relationship, yes. the husband with the with the family and the wife, and, and all history, those things, and the, the legacy history, of their family, and, and what they have already been through. Yeah, you know, you because if you've been in a in a in a situation of trauma like this family had been through, mm -hmm. you know, no matter if it was ten years ago, if it was five years ago, if it was three years ago, it stays with you. It's gonna stay with you. It's gonna yeah. impact you. Yes, and they all lived in the space of being impacted by what had happened to them in the past. Yeah. And I like the fact that they dealt with that because, yes, you know, too too often in life, you know, people are dealing with stuff that happened to them as kids, yes. you know, and, and whatever trauma that is. And, and you can't ignore that, you mm -hmm. know, and no matter how much they tried to move forward with their lives, mm -hmm. they were still impacted by it. And that's what you saw in this film. That's yeah. really what it reminded me of the most because everybody was dealing with some kind of, trauma mm -hmm. and the reaction of how they were trying to move forward yeah, with their lives. Everyone was trying Even to dealing with the trauma from the from the oldest of the children right. to, to the, the youngest, youngest of the children, yeah. then the mother, the father, and, and all yeah. the people around and, them. And the grandmother before them. Right. So and and then and, and their friends, like um Lynn Shea was right. a friend of the grandma, right. but she was also like a spiritual And then you deal with, you know, then you learn about his father learn and what about his father the history was dealing with. of what is so going on. That made it more than just a horror movie. Yes. You know, and that really opened it up in a way that I didn't expect. What I love what I love about what Lee and James do, Lee Winnell and James Wan do. I think they're Australians too, actually, both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, not that it matters. But it matters in a sense of what I'm saying is that they're not American film makers. They're they're uh, Australian filmmakers and uh, outside the U.S., I, I feel like horror takes on a different context, and I feel like they have a, a, a nicer, newer, newer. What's the word? A newer, um, more innovative way of scaring you mm -hmm. in the way that does pay homage to the classics of, say, like horror of of I'm sorry of Hitchcock, where you know Hitchcock would bring you into the film. You're not just watching a film. So a lot of times in their horror, there are elements in which 
we see things that the characters don't see, which right. is very big in Hitchcock's films, where they the audience becomes engaged and becomes a part of the creation in a sense, where we're just like, oh shit. What right. is that in right. the background? Right. What is this face? Oh, shit, it's closer. And they did oh, shit, it's so closer. Well. Damn, it's gone. Yeah. What the fuck? You're not even paying attention to what's going on on the screen with the character. You just know you're about to get your the shit scared out of you. And you're like, damn it. Uh, uh. Right. Well, hence, hence the eye cover. Yeah. Because you're like, it's coming at any minute. And, and, that and all that, you and you just know it's coming. And oh, you then, love it, and you're ready for it. If you're a horror fan, you're sitting on the edge of your seat, waiting <laughs> sh- on the big thing to happen, and it's like, but then they pull back. But then they pull back, and you're like, oh, bitch, I'm good then. Ah, no, I'm not. You know, <laughs> sorry for this group, but you're just, you're just in it, and um, it's definitely that. And yeah. I would say, do this for fun. Yeah. Since we're in a strike now, I would start with the first Insidious if you could. Yeah, go through them. There's only four. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I a think lot. there's only four. Um, there's not a lot. Um, and if you wanted to skip the last two because they don't have anything to do with the Lambert families, um, you could. Mm-hmm. But do the first two and then do this one, and it'll be so much fun. Right. Because it's like a little mini marathon, and you're gonna cap it with this. Sneak in some Bruce. <laughs> Okay. Or a little All snack, right. then it's a little right. risque snack. for you. A snack. A snack. Booze. Fuck that. We get they sell booze in AMC in New York City. And we were the last ones to fucking do it. Yeah. So I know <laughs> if you're drinking in Florida or Texas or um fucking LA, trust me. Okay. You've been already drinking for a minute. Okay. All I'm not right. saying sneaking weed. Sneaking right. a little cocktail. Whatever. Right. Maybe when you don't want to pay for have a little popcorn, a little ooh, do a cheddar. Right. You know, do something fun. Anyway, Alrighty. and then make this a moment for yourself. Yeah, see for because yourself I'm trying to the give moment. the audience an experience that yeah, is bigger than this. And it dulls the pain of the strike Yeah, for does. the viewers, not right. for the people online. God bless. Good luck to y'all. But for the viewers who are like, damn, this is all I'm going to get. No, there could be so much more. We could do better. Someone is giving me life right here. Yes. All right, all right. But. Highly say, yeah, go big, check big, it out. big reviews. I loved it. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sorry, I was too busy talking to do the research or when this is going to be streaming if it's not available it's gonna in soon. your time. But it's coming soon, I'm sure. So on to... Okay, I don't know if you got... I, I need yes, go ahead. everyone listening. Go ahead, go ahead. I need everyone listening. Preface, no, preface for Film me. Film fans, Tawana has a little... I you can know. say you can say it. Go ahead. I'm gonna say obsession with Tom Cruise. <laughs> she has a little. She is fangirl extreme with Tom Cruise. Okay, she is, and um, yes. No matter how many times any Mission Impossible movie will come on streaming, or I'm rewatching that bitch. Oh, I know you are. <laughs> or even that horrible movie he did where he was a car racer with his wife, ex-wife Nicole um, Kidman. Not Fast and Furious. It's no, it was some. Damn, some, why can't I remember? They were Irishy right or something. I don't know. It was just there, huh? Days, Days of Thunder. Of thunder. Thank will, you, Will. Days will of Thunder. Even, thank you, Will, for doing it, working the wheels of steel today. <laughs> even she'll watch Days of Thunder. Yes. I, I don't understand. I really am not really clear about her love for him, but you know, okay, okay. And, and I mean, we already got through. Thank goodness, we got through. That other movie where he was flying the plane. Um, Top Gun. Top Gun and Maverick. We got through that. Not, not my favorite, but I still like it. Okay. Oh, yes, she does. I like so, it. So I'm just saying. So now, Tawana, let's start with you. Okay. How do you feel about... So let's preface this before I get into the, the movie. Dead Reckoning. Okay. By the way, strap yourself in. It's going to be a little longer than our usual hour because we're doing three movies. It's the summer blockbuster. Okay. Enjoy this. Enjoy this. It's probably going to be about 120. We good. Oh, All right, God. you got it. You got it. Come on. I'm with you. Let's go. Come on, folks. We're giving you one month. One Let's this go. month. Let's, Let's go. get Let's it. Let's go. Come on. All right, we're making it big. Here we go. I might have to make another cocktail. Make two. You want some of this? No, I don't want your sour, your sour beer. beer. <laughs> I'll pass. Okay, here we go. I love Tom Cruise movies. Why? I don't know. I'm a very gay woman. I'm gayer than gay. I love me some men, but I don't want them inside me. Boom. 
That was horrible, but also kind of fun. Here we go. You ready? I've loved Tom Cruise since fucking Cocktail. I don't know what it is about his movies. It's his swag. It's his je ne sais quoi. I don't know. His movies pull me in. Yes, he's a fucking nut. Okay? But that's his business. That don't got nothing to do with me. As Jay-Z say, what you eat don't make me shit. Right. That has nothing to do with me. <laughs> all right. But, all right, Ari. Ari. Uh, Ar- no, don't give me Ari. Ari I'm quote, better than Ari. hip-hop. I'm better than Ari. Keep going. Hip-hop's in my soul. All right. Anyway, I don't know. Ari be using it as a little ploy. But anyway, (laughs) I digress. But what I love about Tom Cruise is that his movies are always so engaging and they have some sort of like thing about it. I don't pull in his bullshit. I pull in what I'm seeing on the screen and what he gives me. And so I don't know why I like Tom Cruise so much. I really, I can't do more than that. But it seems obsessive to the outside world. I'm going to just tell y'all. She has a little tear in her eye. I have no tear. Her eyes are glistening. This beer now. is sour as fuck. Her eyes are glistening <laughs> like with like a child on Christmas Day. She that is true. She was so excited. I was excited about this movie. When, I mean, and we talked about it. I, I think for months before and it was. I wasn't you know, even gonna suggest it. And when Vaughn said, "I think this 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 episode. What do you think about the blackening? About Tom Cruise and Insidious? About Mission Impossible and Insidious?" I was like, "I'm down." Right. All three episodes. I mean, all three movies. Yes. So, yeah. It, 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 it will be one of the hottest movies of the summer. Yes. And, you know, Tom Cruise saves the summer like he did Tom with Cruise saves the summer like he Maverick did with Maverick. Summer. And they got nominated that's, for an Oscar. That's what, that's what happens. I don't think it was Oscar quality. He is a, but he is the summer saver for he theater. He needs an Oscar. You know why I'm going to say Tom needs an Oscar? Because Tom is one of the hardest working motherfucking actors in the game. Yeah, he he is. is. He'll pull in a box office. He'll make a movie. Fucking design the shit. Do the fucking stunts. Look at what he did with Maverick. He yeah. made all of those actors go on a flight simulator school situation. Yeah. If you look at and the behind the, the scenes. Planes. Training <laughs> in the planes. He he also cr- created the shots for in the, the cockpits. Mm-hmm. And directed, like, sort of, like, directed the the shots in there. Okay. Say what you want about his personal life. This motherfucker know what he's doing. His his talent is huge. Okay? He crazy. He he like a little Scientology. But that ain't my business. Right. right. Maybe and you like a Baptist church. Wh- I don't know. <laughs> I don't go to church. That's your business. But what my business is, oh. is that this man make a movie and he sell the shit out of it. Oh How many Lord. times we done seen him on Paramount? Um, plus, plus, um, was it CBS Morning? CBS Morning. Gail done oh screamed God. about him more than she screamed about Oprah. Right. So she my, has. My and thing she, is, Tom and she can hugged make him like he was her daddy. But Tom can make a movie work. He's like a Will Smith character, you know. Yes, Willis. And what Willis, I appreciate about out, him, but what he I, actually flew around the country and and went to several screenings of the movie, exactly, so he could be with the fans because he actually cares about the fans. He cares about the fans, and he cares about his films. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe it comes through. But he be selling the fuck out of his characters, and I love a I love a Mission Impossible because it's to me it's so smartly done. All right, so let's talk about Mission Impossible. I love the characters. Let's talk about it. And I love the craft. Okay, ready? Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning One. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Tom Cruise has outdone himself with a ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is filled with holy shit moments. What is this is why we go to the movies. Directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Yep. I believe that's how you say his that's name. That's it. Mm-hmm. Christopher McQuarrie. We all know Chris. Chris has also done Usual Suspects, other Mission Impossibles, Fallout. He's done Edge of Tomorrow. He did Maverick. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He was a writer on Maverick. I'm, I'm wrong so he was still that. connected to it. Yeah. Um, directing wise, he's done, he's done a few of the, actually he's done uh, like the last three rogue nation fallout and dead reckoning. He's done Jack Reacher. Oh, I think I'm a fan. Jack Reacher. Oh, see now you love a Tom Cruise. I love Jack Reacher. Movie. Yeah, I do. Uh, See, I love a Jack Reacher too. So, you know, way of the gun on and on. So we all are aware of Mr. Chris, um, starring, so shady. 
I'm just saying. Starring, come on. Do I have to say it? Keep Tom going. motherfucking Cruise. Tom motherfucking Cruise. Okay. Then this new chick I'm not a fan of. Haley Atwell, you're a good actress. I just don't like your character. I like her. She's been around for all the Marvel. She's I like Marvel girl. her. I don't I like, like this Mar- character. She's Marvel girl. She's Marvel girl. Ving Rhames. we'll tell you why she don't like this character. Ving Rhames. Mm-hmm. No, we can't tell him too much. Simon Pegg, who I love Simon Pegg. Yeah, Simon Pegg is great. Um, Vanessa Kirby, who I'm becoming a big fan of, playing the White Widow. Mm-hmm. And my one and only bitch. You love her. Rebecca love. Ferguson. How she, could you go wrong with oh Rebecca Ferguson? Oh my God, yo. She be kicking ass and way she hook, hooks a person's neck and brings them to the ground and it's so fucking cool. I love her. I'm getting a little loud because we'll adjust in my sound. I'm going uh, to I'm gonna have to get her. And then the one and only villain. I'm going to have to get her a tissue. Hold on. The one and only villain, of course. Yes. Beautiful Mr. Eastside Morales. Eastside, he was killing it. Bring it back with the silver fox. Killing it. Killing Looking it. Looking amazing. Mm-hmm. I love a silver killing fox it. spirit. You're doing it. Killing it. Fantastic. Okay. So Ethan Hunt. And his, of course, famous IMF team must track down yet again a deadly, dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands and the world is upended in disaster. Kind of where we sit today in the world. Oh, yeah. It's it's never too far off of that, I feel. That and the the James Bond films. Yeah. Kind of It's touch. literally where we're sitting right it's now. It's literally all AI-ish. Yep, it's where we're sitting but, right now. But amazing stunts. Little <laughs> much uh, much like Insidious, a little a little uh, paying a little homage to the past, bringing yeah. back old stories and old characters. Right. Without and doing it well without annoying us. Um if you haven't seen the other movies, they will catch you up on a little bit cuz this is a whole new um a whole new mission, yeah. so of course. And what I appreciate about this one is they gave you a reason. They gave you an understanding and a clarity as to why people would choose to do this job. Yes. That's so they, something we never got. We before. never got that before. We never knew why the IMF agents became IMF agents. So we talk a little bit about what Cruz's history is besides right. his obvious heroism. Right. But um, we they talk about that a little bit. We get a lot of old characters that return. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, who else? And uh, a fun new character. We get fun new characters. <laughs> You're all about Isa. Um, no, Isa and like like our girl Indira Varma. That was a beautiful chick from um, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Also, Paris. Um, Kama Sutra. Oh, oh we were talking about Kama that. Sutra too. She was the. She was the. Uh, she was the protagonist to Sarita's villain. Oh, so it's a it's a six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation will. for you, Will. Uh, we got Carrie Elway's, um, Charles Parnell. So a lot of people got brought back. Um, yeah. Kit, um, Kitridge for all you yeah, Mission Impossible too. fans from the original. So he was good, and uh, you know, so oh, we've got um, Paris played by Palm Clematif. She was my favorite, and she was in. She's been in several films. She's been in a bunch. Um, let's see, remember? Oh, she she was in. She's Mantis in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Yeah, she's Mantis in Guardians. So of the so 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 good. So people, big fans of Guardians of the Galaxy and the whole Marvel, Marvel series, because she's mm-hmm. she's been in Thor too. Yep. Um, and the Avengers film. Yeah, she's everywhere. She's, she's so good in she this. She plays a fantastic assassin yeah, she's that so spoils good in this. nothing for you. Yeah, she's so good in she's this. She's so good in this. She's a badass with a quirky little yeah. little personality. She gives me a little nod. She gives me she gives me a little nod to crazy. Mm-hmm. But I love it in I a like good it. way. I like it. So much fun. So many fantastic stunts. Yes. If you ever it was confused that about um, Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. When he does this largest stunt, and you see this motherfucker face twitch when that parachute snatches his ass out the sky, you will never, you will never again question whether he doing these stunts. Right. Because he was surprised. Yeah, he was like, oh, 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 shit. Oh, okay. shit, the wind caught it. Right, here we go. But Because I know they're choreographed to the gods. Amazing. There's no way. The car chase, stuff. and I'm spoiling nothing. The car chase scene, amazing. The, the train, train scene, 
amazing. Um, what was the other one? The airport was fun. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some others, but there are so many. There are a few. Now, strap yourself in. Do like Insidious. Bring yourself a little cocktail, a little extra snack if you think you're gonna need more than you get at the at the concession. Because this motherfucker with trailers is three hours long. Yes, yeah, it's, it's quite a ride. It's Do quite a ride, I but it doesn't feel like three hours. It feels like it, absolutely not. Doesn't feel it like doesn't it at all. Like you are on the ride. You strap yourself in and you take off. It's if you, two hours and forty three minutes, and yeah. then you have twenty minutes of trailers. I, I felt like I had twenty five minutes of trailers. The trailers were long, and they were um, the long ones. As in Insidious, too, it was like twenty five minutes of trailers. Oh, yeah. So it was like it, it. It was a bit. They gave all the old people in the late. Comers, yeah, time, time to, to get, get in these seats <laughs> because I think yeah, it it was a it was a lot of fun. And um, did you see it in IMAX too? Yes, yeah, I saw it in IMAX. If you can see it in IMAX or something big, because like Adobe, because it's worth the big bangs and the big sounds. Yeah, the and, sound is phenomenal. Yeah, the sound is phenomenal. If you can help it, and I'm saying if you can help it, if your if your theater is accessible to this. Sit in the back or the middle if you can, because the sound is a very loud. Yeah, and very sitting loud. in the front, um, with Vaughn sometimes is overwhelming with the sounds. Because Insidious blew us out, and I'm he said he was blown out by the IMAX. Insidious for me was nothing compared to how loud it was for Mission in Impossible. IMAX for yeah. Mission Impossible. I still don't know how you sat in I front of like, that. It, the movie's coming from my soul. I can't. I, <laughs> it was so loud to it me. It was very loud. But it was. It was. But insane. I sat in the back for IMAX. It was great. So, but um, and um, do the experience. Do the experience. And if you need accessibility, a lot of theaters have back of IMAX availability. Yeah. So because really you're supposed to see it. My my from actual high in the seat middle. was supposed to be in the back. Yeah, but I actually sat in the in the front middle. And because I wanted to sit in the middle and nobody else was there. Yeah. So I was able to see it, but it was like, okay, this is great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot, but it's, but it's, it's so loud. It's so loud and it's very big. It's very big. You're going on a ride to so prepare yourself for this ride. Yeah. And if you are a fan, I tell you what, do this. Um, go with your partner or by yourself. But go. And remember, this is part one. This is part one. The movie's so, not over yet. So go with your partner to see this if this is your shit. And go with them to see the horror, if that's their shit. Or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Someone actually told me that they'd go see Mission Impossible if their boyfriend would go see Barbie with them. I was Well, like, you know that's the that's the thing. That's now. the twat. The, the whole twist. thing too is now they're pairing Barbie and Oppenheimer together oh, because yeah. they want people to see both. So the whole thing is if I go to see Oppenheimer, you have to go see Barbie. Yeah. And so now so, yeah. you got this thing going. That's what I'm saying. So all these movies are happening. And let's it leaves do it, it open for people to see mm -hmm. a variety of things. Yeah. Because not they, everybody they, wants they to see. They staggered the timing so you can yeah. do both. But also not everybody wants to see a horror or like an action. Mm -hmm. So they leave some open spaces right. for it. So, I mean, it was it was a blast to see my boo. A boo, though. Her See, boo, the thing is, her boo, but he is a boo. All right. She's he's my boo in the movie. She secretly watches him at night by I, herself. I don't like him in real life. I'm not it's like, okay, he's but, not my boo in real life, but, but he's my boo in the movies. The fact that you'll watch Days of Thunder means something special. No, I'd rather cocktail over Days of Thunder. I know, but they don't, have, go old. they don't have cocktail on enough for you. Maybe I'll buy they that for don't. you. For I if I can it. find you a copy Honey, of cocktail, I, own it. I will. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I own it. Blue, sorry, y'all. She already has Blu -ray it. Blu-ray and DVD. <laughs> oh, God. God. Okay. Well, all right. Listen, Tom Cruise makes great movies. I will not deny it. He does I make will. great movies. I am not ashamed. I'm still in love with, uh, what was this? <laughs> One of his first ones, the one where he had his uh, underwear on running around. Oh, Risky Business. Risky Business. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. And I love Red Dawn. Yeah. Red, Red Dawn, Dawn was one of my favorites from the Red 80s. Dawn's good. Favorites. So he's, he's classic. He's good with classic that. Classic 90s guy. And he can, he can make those movies. Because like who? I mean, I'm not a fan of Jerry Maguire, but people fucking love Jerry the shit Maguire out of Jerry Maguire was great. People love the shit Jerry out of Maguire Jerry was Maguire. Great. But Jerry Maguire was great. He was great in that. Tom Cruise is so versatile, which is what I'm meaning, is that he's accessible to all. He Choose your poison. You're right. Mine just happens to be Mission Impossible because I also fucking love the James Bond movies. So you're right. You know, that's it's that, whatever you that's feel. That's in your wheelhouse. That is in my wheelhouse. But 
I think I think this is gonna be if you can catch these films because these are some fun. Films. And you need to see Mission Impossible. Some affairs. And I found out just a little caveat that Insidious will be on Netflix on November fourth. Damn, that's quick. <laughs> because wow. if you really look into it and you really miss it, you can catch it. So it must be a Sony film. Yeah. Because it's going to be there. Because that's their funnel. That's the pipeline. And then what will happen with Netflix is they'll pull up all their other films. Yeah. And so. That's, that's amazing to me. Yeah. So. What's really great about this is that. We have so much fun with you guys. I know. It's been fun. And if you like this episode, please make sure to uh, like, share, and follow us. On all our social media platforms, that's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, um, where we host. Um, yeah. Also, you'll be happy to hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts. Um, I think Threads is coming soon because we're personally on Threads. Oh yeah, we gotta get on. Threads. We gotta put the the show on Threads so that that's fuck next. you, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not about the nonsense. But if you ever want to talk to us, you ever want to give us some hints, some clues about theories you have about movies, or you just want to say, when will you review or will you review a particular film suggestion-wise? Right. We're happy to talk to you. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag BBMPodcast. On all our social media platforms, it will get to us, and we're happy to respond. Oh, we are. So... Happy to see you. Have a great summer. We'll be back next next month. Yeah, next month. Next month. And this is Beer Bourbon. And the movie. And the movie. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Will. Enjoy the summer and some booze, folks. Yeah. We outside. <laughs> Go outside. Yes. Later. I did not deny it this I've time. I've never seen somebody who eyes light up and, and, and like she got all glossy eyed over Tom Cruise. Like what is, what is this thing? Tom Cruise movie. Good girl. Oh my God. Listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. Damn. She is. We missed oh, that part. Lesbian. We should have said that. It's a lesbian thing. Maybe because we know we're safe with him. <laughs> there it is. And there it is. <laughs> And just like that. And just like that. Wow. Maybe that's it. Maybe we just know we're you, just, you just hit me in the head. With <laughs> a, you just hit me in the head with a shoe. We know we safe for him. <laughs> wow. <laughs>